last night I was sitting there and, uh, and it truly is God's teaching me. And I said, God, can I just not, you know, finish this? Can I not just, you know, could we not have a program today? Could I not do what I know I'm supposed to do? Can I have an excuse? Can I get you to give me like, you know, like when you go to a doctor and they give you, you know, paper and you bring back to school for an excuse. Can I get one of that from heaven? Today, I, I don't have to come up here and I don't have to ask you for, to excuse the way I look and the way I sound. Can I, can I get an excuse? I think it would be appropriate for me, but let me share with you what happened to the Apostle Paul. When he was at Lystra, he was stoned. They left him to death. And then the people gathered around him. I'm presuming they were crying and they were mourning and they were praying. He got back up. He went on preaching, exhorting, meaning encouraging the body. Through much tribulation, we enter into the kingdom of God. That's the Apostle Paul. So that was the message I got last night. After the picnic, I was thoroughly tired. I got back home and I said, could I just lay down and not have to worry about this? And then I read that passage. It sounds like the Apostle Paul was talking to me and he said, I got back up, I got stoned, what happened to you? Uh, I fell off my bike. Big deal. The Apostle Paul, he was stoned for the gospel. I got knocked on the ground because of a deer. It was a big deal. As long as I have breath. And you know what? When I was on the ground, I asked the Lord, it would have been better. Just take me. It's easier. I know the Apostle Paul feels the same way. I'm done. I'm, I'm gone through all the stoning. Can I just die now? But God has a different plan for all of us. Thank God that the Apostle Paul endured more whipping, more beating after he was stoned, so that today we have most of the New Testament because of him. And I know I'm standing here today, it's for your benefit, because for me, I say, God, I hate needles, I hate pliers and chisels and oh, those things, I, I don't, you know, I like titanium when it's outside, not inside me. For the benefit of the church, what happened to me happened so that you would benefit. I read what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation for you, which is for your glory. So I believe this. I believe in all sincerity that what happened to me, the thing that I go through, I went through, is for your glory. It's to edify you. So that one day you wake up and you feel like, I can't do this anymore. Remember me, okay? I can do this. And I'm by far not as strong as you. I can do this. You can do this. The Apostle Paul did it. Jesus Christ did it. You, we can all do it. So I'm standing here as a testament to you. Persecution will come. People will say things and will tell you things and will cause you to be really upset and sad and say, I'm just going to give up. I'm not going to be there today. Just remember this. I'm here. I'm standing before you as a, a testimony. I'm standing here by the grace of God and not by my own strength. And that's what we've been talking about. Let's come back to the Ten Virgins and I'll finish this up with this message. I know it's hard for you to hear me, even harder for you to hear the one verse by this verse. I actually have this engraved on my wallet. And it's the verse that carries me through most situation. And this particular situation, this verse brought me through. 
It's a little bit hard for me because my upper lip is maybe two times bigger than it normally is. It's kind of cute actually. I looked at it in the morning. But without the stitches and the black bloody stuff that's there. But for your entertainment and edification as well. I was riding home last, not riding, I was driving home. We'll talk about the scooter later. I was driving home last night. I was rehearsing this verse to myself. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 10. If thou faintest in the day of adversity, really, thy strength is small. But one more time. Okay. Try, try to control yourself. If thou faintest in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. That is the verse for me, and it should be a verse for all of you. Because the strength that you would draw will only come out when you face adversity. That is the word I have the most problem with right now with the swollen lips and the lack of my front teeth. I won't show it to you because you won't be able to contain yourself. But I was reading this in the car last night going home. I just cracked up and the more I, I laugh, the more painful it is because it stretches the, the stitches. Remember that verse. Adversities will bring out God's strength in you. Only in adversity, not in a nice, good environment. It will never bring out God's strength in you. Therefore, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. So I'm standing here before you today only by the grace of God. What is grace? Grace is God's power expressed in a feeble or weak and sinful individual transforming and transporting you to the presence of God. What does that mean? We think that grace happens after you sin. That's not grace. Mercy, forgiveness. Grace happened before you sin. So what the grace of God is, is the, is the vehicle, the way that God carry you through and will not cause you to stumble and fall. That is the grace of God, your heart. You, know, you might in your physical body stumble and fall. Wow, I'm really having issue with the F, huh? Yeah. So what is grace? Grace is that thing that will carry you through. So you must have grace, otherwise you will fall and you will rely on God's mercy and forgiveness. But what God wants you to have is God wants you to have grace so that you would overcome. That is what grace is. Yes, I did fall to show you that in the strength of our body, our flesh, we cannot do it. To walk up to a bear with your bare hand was stupid. But to walk up with a bear and with a weapon, that's grace. Because the weapon is outside of you, you don't have it. God gives us the grace meaning the tools that we need to have so that we can overcome situation where our physical ability is limited. We won't be able to. That's what grace is. Grace replaces our strength. So instead of using our hands, we use God's grace to overcome whatever situation that we face. Mercy is forgiveness when we, in fact, could not overcome the flesh and receive the grace and we fall and God in his mercy picks us up and said it's okay try again you understand now the difference between grace and mercy and the reason why i say this is that a lot of people depend on grace and they say it's god's grace i can do whatever i want and then god's grace will sustain me no that's not it you have to rely on god before you sin before you fall so that god's grace will carry you through so it leaves no room for us to do whatever we want to do. 
because we believe that God will pick us up. God will pick us up if we have the grace of God, but insufficient grace that we fall because we rely on our strength. Your ability to hold on to grace is called love because we would not accept grace. In our own strength, we want to do everything by ourselves. When I fell down, the only thing I thought about is I need to get home. Right, so I got back up, I straightened up the scooter. It was not functioning correctly. I do everything I could to get it to start so I can get home. And the reason why I wanted to get home because I want to prepare for the picnic. It was the love that drove me. Otherwise, I just gonna lay on the ground, I'm gonna pull out my phone, I'm gonna dial 911 and have them just come by and pick me up. But I wanted to minimize the impact it has on me, the work that has to be done on me so that I can serve you, I can continue to be a part of the body. That is the love that drives you, that causes you to overcome. And our obedience to God's calling, the reason why I'm here is this, so that you can hear the gospel. Because if I die on that day, you would have to go somewhere else and listen to gospel, or you will not show up at all. But I'm here today, and I come here to, to talk to you about the Bible, the scripture, the gospel today, because I love you, and I want you to hear the gospel. The same reason why the Apostle Paul got back up after he got stoned and thought that he was going to die. He continued to preach the gospel and he said this, it is for their benefit, it's for you to hear the gospel. So if you're sitting here today, if something else distracts you from hearing the gospel with your heart, you should really consider why, because it takes pain for the gospel to be ministered to you. And truly today, it's painful, but it's for your benefit because you go to bed late because you couldn't get up this morning. What is the reason? What is the excuse? I want you to really consider because I'm here today because of you. I'm here today because of the body, because my obedience to God and my obedience to the gospel. So please consider that. I want you to look at verse 9 and you stop laughing. Okay. But the wise answer saying, not so, let there not be enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. This is not mean. Some people read this verse and say, wow, the wise are really mean. In the last hour, why didn't uh, they share some of their oil? Why they tell the poor to go and uh, get oil? But let me tell you, the reason why they're wise, because they understand what's possible and what's impossible. That's why they're called wise. The wise understood that they cannot share the oil because if they do, it would not be sufficient both for them and for the fools. So they could not do it. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Okay, one thing you should always remember is that God's calling and election, is it on you? Do you have God's calling and election? If not, then you will fall. And we have, each one of us have to make sure that God's calling and election is with us. So the wise, they know that they only have enough oil, meaning they have been sufficiently given the oil so that they themselves can come into the kingdom of heaven. So make sure that you are called and make sure that you have been selected by God. Otherwise, you're going around sharing things and it gets people nowhere. So it's important 
that you make sure that God has called you and God has selected you. And even so, you cannot share your grace. God calling is God's work in you that you will bear fruit to God. If God call you, then where is the fruit? That's how you check to see if God's calling you. God's election is this, is the confirmation of the Holy Spirit that's in your life. Confirming that you are the child of God. Do you have that? Those two things must be evident in a Christian's life. That is your calling and your election. Are you fruitful or do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Yesterday, I heard there was a person in the picnic and she said this. She said, when I'm in heaven, and then there was another voice that says, how do you know that you will be in heaven? How do you know? We demand this kind of, well, show me, show me the, the book that has your name in it. No, there's no book that has your name in it. There's only the Holy Spirit inside of you confirming and that the Holy Spirit said, I am a child of God. I belong to God. I am going with Him when this flesh is down. So when I fell off my scooter, I know if I die there, I'll be with the Lord. No question. No one is going to say that I'm not because I know in my heart. Do you know in your heart? When you leave this body, you'll be with the Lord. That is the, the assurance of the election. So do you know how many of you here really can say in your heart with sincerity, that when you die, you'll be with the Lord. That is election. Grace is designed specifically for you. Grace is not this analogous object you are able to take it. God has to actually shape grace specifically for each individual. Psalms chapter 49, verse 7 through 9. None of them can by any means redeem his brother. Redemption means to save. None of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious. What that means is that each person's redemption is specifically tailored for that person. The wise cannot share the oil because that oil specifically for them, they cannot give it to the poor. It won't work. And I said last week, we are not in the authority of giving graces. We are only receiving graces. God is the only one who can dispense graces. So no one can redeem a soul except the blood of Jesus Christ. And sure enough, you and I, none of us here, I really hope that we don't think we are Jesus. We can reflect this image, but only Christ can redeem. Jeremiah 15, chapter 1. Then said the Lord unto me, Though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward this people, cast them out of my sight. Moses and Samuel could not even pray for the people. They cannot dispense any grace to the people. Okay, Moses interceded for the people after they made the golden calf and God had mercy for them. But now God's saying, even Moses is here, I won't listen to him. Samuel was the image of the person who prayed that delivered Israelites from the Philistines. And even Samuel, when he prayed, God said, I will not listen to them. Their grace is only sufficient for them and not for the people. Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 14. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls and by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. So, Moses 
Noah, Daniel, Samuel, five people. How many of you here, you think your righteousness is greater than theirs? None of us. None of us ever can compare to any of these five individuals. And God says, even if they pray, God cannot hear. If you have an issue with God, you have to come to God directly, and God will have to give you the custom tailored grace for you. Because otherwise, I refer back to the illustration I used. You face a bear, I gave you my gun, and my gun happened to be 200 pounds. Would you be able to use it? No. So the grace that God has given to you be made specifically for you. To overcome this flesh, the weapon of the spiritual warfare has to be given by God, tailored for you. So you have to come to God and get that grace. I cannot give it to you. Moses, Daniel, Job, Samuel, Noah, none of those people were able to share their grace. They can only save themselves. Go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. I love you. I cannot share my grace with you. You need to go to the source and buy it yourself. This is what we need to tell people. There are many times that we want to be Christ to them, and we should be Christ to them. Being Christ to them meaning have to lead them to Christ. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 and 45. In order to obtain grace, you have to seek for grace. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all he had and bought it. Do you hear the voice? of Christ drawing you to that grace. So Christ has to give you grace. I can't give you my grace. I can tell you where Christ is and you have to go to Christ and then you find that pearl. And then what you have to do is you have to sell everything that you have to buy it. It will cost you everything. If you want God's grace, it's gonna cost you everything. Are you willing to give up yourself, everything that you have to get God's grace? Because I'm telling you, the days to come, you're gonna need God's grace to overcome. Otherwise, you will be deceived or you will fail. You will find yourself a place that agrees with your life and you will get yourself into that place and all your life, you never find out what the reality of a Christian walk is. I hear people in pain all the time. I try as hard as I could to sympathize with their plight, but nothing makes it real when I am actually in pain than I know what it means, what, how it feels like to have six stitches on your lip, what it feels like to scrape your face on the pavement. Nothing come close to experience and feeling it yourself. And when you do, when you do, you need the grace of God. And you will. There will be a time in your life when it will be so painful that you don't know where to turn and what to do. And at that time, I'm, my prayer for you is that you have sufficient grace of God to be able to get up and say, God's grace is sufficient for me. How do you get grace? God said, seek and you will find. Trade everything for grace. Trade, if you got anything, trade it for grace. Your strength, your good looks, your intelligence, whatever it is, trade it for grace. If all I care about is my delivery of this message to you, I will stay home, right? Because I'm in no condition to actually deliver this message. It's hard to hear me. I'm in no condition because it hurts to speak. And I don't like the sound that comes out of my mouth. I don't like you looking at me in my present distress condition. I like to, to look nice. But that's not grace. That's just the outward appearance. And one day, this flesh face a time when you're going to go, what do I do now? 
I need the grace of God. And here I'm telling you today, get grace. Because I have gotten grace. So that I am now today standing here with you. But if today, after I fail and try to find grace, I won't be able to get it. I'm in too much pain to get it. But I have gotten grace. And therefore that grace have ushered me here. Do you understand this concept? So get grace now, because when the time comes and you will fall into certain circumstances where it's difficult for you to live, the grace of God will carry you through. The Apostle Paul says this in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, But none of these things move me, neither count my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish the course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. I'm here before you to testify to you the gospel of the grace of God. Nothing should move you. And I hope that you see me. Nothing would deter me. Nothing would move me. I would like to stand here in a different physical condition, but I'm not. But it should not move me. It should not move any of you. So whatever condition that you find yourself in, the Apostle Paul said, it should not move you because we are here to communicate God's grace. That's it. Not me, not my ability, not my eloquence, not my intellect. None of those things matter. It should be God's grace that should move you, that should be communicated to you. So that I might finish my course, there is, I'm, I'm here today because I know that God wants me to finish my course. That accident was not the end. I wish it was the end, but it's not. So God has given to me maybe two or three days down the road, maybe two or three months down the road, maybe two or three years down the road. I don't know. But I haven't finished my race yet. And therefore, I have to continue to testify the gospel of the grace of God. This is what I'm doing. And coincidentally, we're talking about grace today. And this is what I'm doing. How do you obtain grace? Isaiah 55 verse 1. Everyone that thirsts, Come ye to the waters, that he that had no money come buy and eat. Ye come buy wine and milk without money and without price. What will you trade for the grace of God? What can you trade for the grace of God? Do you have anything to give to God and then He will give you grace? Do you think anything will be sufficient that you can give to God? They will give you the grace that's a million times better than us. You see, the grace that's in me is infinitely better than me. So whatever you see out here, how corrupt it is in the flesh, I hope that you see the grace of God. And God has a grace for each one of us. And that grace, and I'll tell you, is infinite. It's millions times better than you. And you need to know that grace. What will you trade for it? And God said, nothing. Come, buy from me without money. And this is what the wise told the fools, go and buy it. I'm telling you to go buy God's grace now, and you don't need money. All you need is coming to the Lord. You don't need anything. You don't need to trade anything. Just come to God, and He will give you grace. The only thing that He's repeating here, come, come, come to grace. When God invites, come, come to Him. He is bountiful, and the price is this. First of all, faith. You need faith to come to God. That is the price. Faith is not very expensive. You know that? It's that you humble yourself before the Lord. That's faith. Okay. Prayer. Just your time. Take time coming to the Lord. And sincerity. Your heart. Come to the Lord. That's all you need to receive grace. There's a 
time limit to grace. And while they went and by, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And this is what I want to tell you. Do this. Get grace before the door shuts. Because there will be a time when the door will shut. No one knows the time nor the day when the Son of Man comes. So we have to prepare. Are you prepared? And the question I have, and the question that we all should ask ourselves, do we have the grace of God inside of us? When this flesh is gone, when this strength is gone, do you see God's grace? Or you see this ugly self? I stand in front of a mirror, and truly I see it was really ugly. It's now hideous. But I see something more. I see the grace of God. You see the grace. Do you see the grace of God when you look at yourself in the mirror? Some of us cannot see the grace of God. You know why you can't see the grace of God? Because you're too beautiful. Who needs God's grace when you glorify in your own flesh? We only need the grace of God when we see the hideousness of our flesh. Then we say, I need your grace because I hate this. Now is a good time. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, and when the last trump or the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall raise incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That is when I shed this body, and the grace of God will be fitted with a glorified body. Now, imagine if the grace of God is big inside your life, your glorified body will be much more glorious when God fit that body upon the grace that He has given, bestowed upon you. It will be much more glorious. I'm waiting for the day when I shed this. I wait for a day when I can look at the deer and say, please get out of the way. It would understand and listen to me. I'm waiting for the day when I can command the things that happens around me. That day only comes when we meet the Lord. It will be like Him. And I'm sure if Jesus would say, I said, please move, and the deer will move. But I can scream and yell at the deal all I want, and they would just look at me. Get grace. Those who have grace of God, you will rest. Whenever I look at my phone and it gives a reflection of my face, I get startled. You know, I, I'm not used to looking at my face like this. I'm not used to listening to myself like this. But it doesn't move me. I'm here, I'm standing in front of you, and I'm speaking to you, I'm communicating grace to you. Because I'm at rest, I'm at peace. What would happen to you if I ask? What would happen to you when something like this, like this happened to me, happened to you? What would happen to you? Do you have the grace of God to be at rest and to know it will be okay? I got to the emergency in the ER, I sat there, I went through all the paperwork, I went to a couple windows and got into an emergency room, I sat there and all I wanted was someone to come in and said, you're going to be all right. But six hours, everyone's like, what happened? Wow. The doctor was stitching me up. I can hear, he put a, a white thing over my face. So the only thing that opened was my mouth. I can hear faintly from his voice said, wow. Not very assuring at all. There's something inside of me. There's peace in knowing, even though no one else you're going to be okay. I was looking for the medical profession to tell me, hey, you're going to be okay. But all I heard was, wow, <laughs> and oops. Only the grace of God inside of you can give you rest, give you peace. 
and those that were ready come in. Are you ready? Because when God comes, when the door shuts, you're gonna come in. If you're not ready, it's too late. I want you to listen to this illustration. If you uh, turn your Bible to Genesis chapter 7, verse 16. You remember Noah, he built an ark. This is what happened at the end. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh. As God has commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. You see, God is the person who closes the door, not man. So we cannot, no one can open the door. When the animals came into the ark, who shuts the door? God. God has to shut it from the outside. But up to the day when Noah went into the ark, the scripture tells you people are still having parties. They're still getting married, like nothing happened. The rain came down, the water from the earth came out, and everyone died, except the people inside the ark. Let me tell you, we are getting into an ark, and you cannot go by yourself. Listen to this. And they that went in, went in, what? Male and female. All flesh. The same thing happened in the past, the same thing will happen, like I told you. Grace is your significant other. You can never enter into God's ark or God's kingdom without your partner, Grace. Imagine a wedding. You get the bridesmaids, you get the bride, you get the groom, and then you get the groomsmen. Come on, you guys have been to weddings, right? It's kind of odd wedding to have only the bridesmaids and no groomsmen. Ten virgins are ten bridesmaids. And the groomsmen, guess who? That's your grace. That's the grace that you have to have to usher you into the ark. Without that, you cannot enter into the ark. Do you have grace? Do you have the grace of God? Because God's grace will usher you, will take us into the ark. And then when that is done, God will close the door. So, do you have God's grace? Have you come to know God's grace in your life? It's not this virtual thing that we think about. It has to be very, very intimate. You have to come to know God's grace in an intimate way. And the way that you know God's grace intimately is calamity. It's when pain and suffering and problem happens in your life. Then you come to know, I need God's grace to sustain me. Afterwards came also the other virgin saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. There are times when your prayers are being heard. There will be times when your prayers are being heard, but they cannot be met. So the virgins went out there and by some way they obtained light. They came back and the doors were shut, meaning they don't have grace at the time that the Lord came. They came back and they said, please open the door. That's prayer. It's earnest. It's real. When the foolish came back and said, God, open the door. They really want the door to open. They really want to be with God. But the problem is no longer the times. They wait until the last minute. They, they can't get in anymore. They pray earnestly. In that time, your earnest prayer is of no avail. The answer comes back is this. Verily I say unto you, I know you not. The only way for you to know Christ is through His grace. I'll carry on with this illustration. Who brings the bridesmaids? Who called the bridesmaids? The bride. Who calls the groomsmen? The groom. The groom 
is the one who sends out the groomsmen. The bride is the one who calls the bridesmaids. Right? So imagine this picture. Jesus Christ sent the groomsmen to you, to the bridesmaid, to pair up so that you can enter into the eternal ark. Now, when all the groomsmen and the bridesmaids have been matched up and they went in, those who are left outside, doesn't matter how loud they cry, how honestly, sincerely they cry, there are no more groomsmen outside. They all went in. And the reason why the groom sends the groomsmen so that the brides would get to know the groom through the groomsmen, the bridesmaids. So we have been given the groomsmen, which is the grace of God. And the grace of God should teach you everything that you need to know about Christ, the groom. So that when that day come, he will say, I know you. Come on in. I know you. Come on in. But if you have never spent time with God's grace, how would you know Christ? Because no one had taught you Christ. See, you can learn Christ through here, but what you need is learn Christ through here. And the grace of God is the only way, the only way for you to learn Christ through your heart. Grace is the relationship with Christ. And without grace, the answer through your earnest prayer would be this. Depart from me, I know you not. Unless you have known Christ through God's grace, which is what I'm communicating to you today, you will never know Christ. And when you get to the door, Christ will say, I know you not. Consider and observe what I'm telling you today. And it's to deliver you. And you cannot say, I never knew this, because now you have. So Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, I want to conclude with this. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? So now you heard the gospel. I have delivered to you the grace of God. In the conclusion of this parable, okay, you know that you have to have God's grace to enter into God's eternal ark. The groomsman has to usher you, and that's God's grace. Now, it's up to us. How? What can you do? The concluding words of Jesus Christ, Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Seek. Find time with the Lord. Find time to devote yourself in the Scripture. Find time in the fellowship and in the worship of the Lord. Without this, you will never come to know God's grace. For I'm standing here because of your grace. And I pray, Lord, that each person, however young they are, or however old they are, however mature they are in, in you, or however new they are in, in you, I ask, O oh God, that your grace would be communicated to them, that they, today they would come and give up their time, give up their desires in the flesh, give up the desires in their life, to sell everything that they have and buy this grace, buy this pearl of great price, that they would come to know and have the abundance of your grace that is more than sufficient for their lives. For Lord, I, I pray that none of these 
would end up at that time, that day, when the door in front of them is shut. But I ask, O oh God, that today, even right now, Lord, that they will come and ask you, come and ask for your grace to be continually communicated into their hearts, that they will grow and that they will learn to rely on your grace and not on the flesh. Bless each person here with your grace in the name of Jesus. Amen.